Please stand by. Five, four, three, two. Hey, welcome to the One Dive at a Time podcast. This is Rob Anderson, your host. I'm the founder and director of Neptune Warrior, where our mission is healing heroes one dive at a time. Had a, a lot going on the past couple of weeks. That's why I've pod faded a little bit. I've been doing some certifications, really sharpening my own saw. I've had a lot of travel. I've had opportunities to talk to other veteran groups. I've had a chance to get out with some divers, which has been great. And by the way, I want to make a special shout out, first of all, to Kathy, who had a very successful trip down to Cozumel. Her and Brooks went down there a few weeks ago. Both of them came back just really excited. Kathy is super enthused about diving again. I'm going to get her on the podcast. We did a recording when she was down in Cozumel. Her and Brooks were down in Cozumel. And really was not getting the, just because we're trying to work through WhatsApp, uh, you know, the WhatsApp application and working through some computer glitches and communication glitches. I really didn't get the quality of podcast I wanted to get or the quality of interview that I wanted to get. And they were super tired as well. So in all fairness, I want to redo that interview, but I did want to say, hey, Kathy, well done. Also to Erica and Drew Brooks and I went down the following week to Cozumel to work with Erica and Drew. Had a fantastic time. Had a great experience with them. Saw some beautiful stuff. Absolutely beautiful. If you get a chance to go to Cozumel, uh, by all means, do it. Now, I'm going to do a Cozumel show where we talk about things to do and things to, to make sure you avoid. But the other one I want to reach out to. And I want to shout out to is Becky. Becky is one of my newest advanced students. And one of the areas that she has struggled is fear. And specifically Quinn's Pond, one of our local ponds here. But that fear is really around being in low visibility environments. And not being able to see in front of you, much less your buddy. So we purposely did a no fear dive last weekend. And she did amazing. And not only that, we found a stolen bicycle. And so we were able to float that up to the surface, recover that bicycle, and you know have an overall great experience. Now, by the way, Becky is jumping into the backplate class that I'm doing this weekend just to expand her own skills. But she has been a really fun student as we've been going through her advance and watching her grow. Same thing with Kathy, watching her grow. Same thing with Erica and Drew, watching the two of them grow. And it just reinforces my own belief about why you should get one-on-one coaching for a lot of your different dive experiences. I think it just makes a a richer dive experience. I know that when I took classes and I was the only one that the instructor had, you know, I I went out and sought out one-on-one coaching situations or one-on-one instruction situations. It was, it was far better. So again, congrats to Becky, congrats to Kathy, Eric and Drew, 
had a fantastic trip. Thank you for making us a part of that adventure. Kathy, thank you for making Brooks a part of your adventure as you went through that. So anyway, good stuff coming up, good stuff happening. On my side of sharpening the saw, I've been getting some certifications and taking classes. So I'm always looking for opportunities to learn more about ways that we can improve uh, mental health, how ways that I can incorporate mental health into diving and also self-improvement, just that human performance aspect of it, right? So uh, you've heard me talking about Clifton Strengths. did an interview a few weeks ago with Rob Gamble on his Clifton Strengths. I've got a few more of those coming up. Uh, Intrinsics is a new one that uh, I've added to the to the quiver of uh, or the armory, I guess you, you could say. And then right now getting uh, my certification wrapped up. In fact, this morning, I'm going to jump into class here as soon as this podcast is over. And I'm going to jump in and finish out my Crucial Conversations for Accountability certification. And so very excited about that. What I want to talk about today is seven things I've learned through my own aquatic awakening about diving and how those transfer back into life. And I put out just a real quick blurb on the Instagram, and I put out something very quickly out on my YouTube and Facebook channels. This is something that I'm working on and expanding it. I'm going to turn it into a uh, half-day workshop to come out to, so be looking for that. But these are really the truths that I have really been able to take from diving, learn about diving, and apply to my life. Again, this has been through my own aquatic awakening experience. So I want to share those with you. And the, the first one, you've heard quite a bit. In fact, the uh, it's it's one of my own personal taglines. It is something that I uh, Nick Anderson created a plaque for me in the backyard to put up to as a reminder not only to myself but to other participants. And it's something that, you know, you know, when I end the show, I, I end the show with, you know, as long as you have air, you're all right. And it comes from this. 90% of the problems that you face can be resolved as long as you're still breathing. No matter what you're going through, whether it is financial stuff, relational stuff, if it's diving, and that's where it all started at, right, is, is diving. If, if you're in a situation that you have to correct something that's going on underwater, adjust your BCD or your backplate and wing, make an adjustment to your mask because it's leaking, uh, fixing a fin. As long as you've got air to breathe, 90% of the problems that you face can be resolved. So as you look at your bank statement, or as you look at a relationship status, as you look at what you're going through with your job, as you look at what you're dealing with, maybe with anxiety or depression, as long as you've got air, you'll be all right. Now, I've carried that into some other areas. So when I teach open water, I always remind my students that as you're standing behind your tank and your BCD is on the front, you know, facing away from you, that air valve is on the right. Your two regulators are on the right. And so that's how I help remind them that as long as you have air, you're all right. And we take that teaching back into 
other aspects of diving and other aspects of life. As you know, I like to transfer information from the coral reef to real life or from the pool to real life, whatever it happens to be, right? Or from the lake to, to life. So remember, as long as you've got air, you're all right. The second one is that happiness, it isn't about getting the gear that you want or getting the next piece of gear or the next place that you're going to dive to. And I hear this come up a lot when we talk about local diving. It comes up like there's no really good places to dive around here. And I hear this from every shop when I'm in a landlocked area, whether it was Texas, whether it was when I was working out in California, yeah, well, you have to go out to the coast. Uh, when, you know, growing up in Arizona, here in Idaho, every dive shop says, oh, there's no good diving around here. Happiness isn't about the gear that you want or the places that you want to go, but it's about enjoying what you have and where you're currently at. So last night we did the, we were doing the alien dive and this is, this is an annual dive we did every year. We've got some funny, quirky stuff with it. Uh, the backstory that I use, because if you come out to one of my local dives, there's always some kind of a backstory that goes to it, right? And all the local dives that I do here in the summertime are kind of quirky. And with this one, we go out and we place the little plastic aliens out in the lake. They get recovered. But we go out and we, and, and, and by the way, if, if you're environmentally conscious, I understand that. Remember that when we do this, we're also picking up cans and bottles and crack pipes and other crap that people throw in the water as we do this, okay? And those are things that things that we do find out there. We find beer bottles. We find broken bottles. We find uh, beer cans. Okay, so we clean those up as we're placing our little plastic aliens, and people go out and they pick that stuff up. I have tested those with fish. They don't eat them. Matter of fact, I had a highly aggressive bass uh, messing with me last night and following me around. And as I was dropping these, she would look at it. She had no interest in it. So, no, fish are not out there eating these things. They're not ingesting them. They get recovered. All right, but let me set this up. With the alien dive, essentially what takes place or the backstory that takes place is that aliens from the planet Uranus have been lost. And by the way, the inhabitants... There are two races that come from Uranus, Klingons and Dingleberries. Yes, that is all done in humor. It's PG-13. It's 10-year-old humor. Okay, I get it, but it's fun. We also do other dives, like we do the masquerade, where I drop masks off out in the water, and I'll actually take one new mask and put it out there. It's, it's something fun to do. It's local diving. My point is this. Be happy with where you're at. Don't sit there and say, man, I... You know, I'd be a better diver. I'd be a happier diver if it's just warm water. Or if I'm going to Cozumel or Roatan or Bonaire or wherever it happens to be, Fiji. Okay. Love where you're at right now and love what you have. I remember a day when I first started diving that I didn't have my own gear. As a matter of fact, I couldn't even afford to rent gear. And so I made the best of it. So when I started diving, I was in New Jersey. It's cold water. It's deep wreck diving. And even the shallow wrecks, you still need a dry suit for. 
So even if you're going to like a, a 65 foot wreck, most of the wrecks that they're going out on though are 85 foot or so. So I didn't have all the proper gear. The one wetsuit I had, I bought used, and every time I took the thing off, parts of the of the wetsuit would actually stick to my skin as I pulled the wetsuit off. And out and the water out there is 50 to 55 degrees. So what I did instead is I worked out with the Fort Dix pool. Some of you all have heard this story before. But I, I worked out so that at the Fort Dix pool, I could clean their pool for them. And at this point, I had I owned a backplate, not a BCD, no wing attached, just a backplate, my own scuba tank that the McGuire Fire Department would actually fill for me. I had fin- mask fins snorkel that I got in a dive school. And, <clears throat> excuse me there. And I had, uh, uh, and, and, and that was it. Oh, and a regulator. And I still remember the day that that regulator came in. By the way, I admit, I didn't, I didn't have an SPG when it first came in because I couldn't afford to buy an SPG and a regulator. So I had just a single regulator. Then the SPG came next. Okay, then, then I started adding on my, on my gear. We didn't have Octos at that point. We used Pony Bottles. So I started growing. But I always enjoyed the gear that I had at that time. Now, at some point in life, I got to where I wanted the next cool thing. So I remember Oceanic had a shoot too. I just had to have that. And then another company came out with the Black Diamond. It was the first, you know, the shoot two and the Black Diamond were really some of the first integrated weight systems. Just had, just had to have that. Then I had to have... Uh, you know, then I had to have a brute regulator and then I had to have a blizzard regulator and just, it became more this thing of wanting, wanting, wanting. And as I look where I am now, I'm very content with the gear that I have. Now I still like to experiment, dual side mount. I'll build up a set of doubles for fun, but it's things I have now. And the things that I purchase are really only things that I need in order to continue to enjoy. But I stopped pursuing the next cool piece of gear. I stopped pursuing the next dive destination. And I'm quite content to get up in the morning, drive out to Lucky Peak, drive out to Quinn's, and hop in the water and play with the fish that I feed all the time. And this transitions into other areas of life where you have to stop chasing what what your neighbor has, the nice boat, the nice truck, the nice car, the nice house. Be content with where you're at. I have a smaller house. I love my house. It needs a lot of work. It needs a lot of TLC. It got neglected for a lot of years. But it's mine. And the fact I paid less for my mortgage than what other people are paying for apartments. I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck to paycheck just to make my house payment. I love where I'm at. It needs a lot of work. It's just like gear that you have. This is why I love the concept of the backplate, by the way. Because with the backplate, you don't have to go out and buy a new BCD every couple of years. It doesn't get worn out like a BCD. And I don't have to have a BCD for diving doubles. I don't have to have a BCD for diving single tank. I don't have to have a BCD for the summertime. I don't have to have a BCD when I'm carrying more weight and a dry suit. Interchangeable parts. The only thing that's really going to wear out is the harness. 
And as I change out for different diving situations, whether it's in a pool, I've got I've got a wing that I use for that little nineteen pound wing, same wing I use for a lot of local diving this summertime. If I'm diving in a dry suit, I've got to put on more weights. I've got a different wing I put on for that. If I'm diving doubles, that's a different kind of wing. It's being content with what you have and where you are at that makes all the difference. It's made diving so much simpler and more enjoyable because it's not all about the pieces and parts of wanting to go get this and wanting to go get that. Are there things sometimes I think it'd be nice to have? Yes, but then I have to realize, hey, that is money out of my pocket that could be going for a trip, could be going for improvements around the house, could be going for improvements in the backyard where I host Neptune events. So it's all about, you know, having that happiness, enjoying what you have instead of what you don't have. All right, number three, don't randomly select a dive buddy. I've had great dive buddies. I've had dive buddies that were, eh, okay. I got paired up with them. It was okay. It was a great experience or an okay experience. More often than not, though, I've been with dive buddies that it wasn't such a great experience. And essentially all you're doing at that point is you're just diving for the sake of diving. At that point, you're just blowing bubbles and breathing compressed air. Find a dive buddy whose interest and passion, even it may or may not match yours, but if their interest and their passion excites you, if it energizes you, look for a dive buddy who has soul. I've got dive buddies that I go with. They dive, you know, they'll, they'll dive side mount, right? Jason Janicek dives dual side mount. I love diving with Jason. Because we're highly compatible. I love his passion. When I dive with Jason, it's not just the underwater experience, but it's also the onshore experience. I love diving with Brooks because she energizes me. We dive very similar. When we dive, our our air consumption is about the same. And this is the same thing with life. Look beyond looks. Look beyond finances. Look beyond material things and what is in a person's soul. And that's how that transfers over. Too many times we get hooked up with the wrong dive buddy and we don't have a great experience. Don't make that mistake. Life is too short for bad food, for mediocre dives, and bad dive buddies. And you can transition that into any part of life that you want to. All right, number four, the less you care about the small stuff, the happier that you will be. This is a hard one for me sometimes because I get so, you know, I don't, I don't do change well at times. I'm the kind of person I have to understand why we're making the change. I would love to be Semper Gumby. I would love to always be flexible, but I'm not always that person. And I admit that. And I know that that is the way I'm wired. And people are like, well, wait a second, Rob, you're kind of like a squirrel. You kind of bounce from things to things to things to things. And yeah, I get that. But when the change is happening to me, it's totally different. It's a totally different vibe. And I do struggle with that. And I totally get that that I struggle with it. And I try to overcome it. So I mentioned Jason Janicek a second ago. And Jason's become one of my dearest friends. He's actually one of of my board members now. 
and I love traveling with Jason. Our you know our families travel uh, together on trips. Uh, he's one of the people I call just to kind of vent to. But Jason has become you know Jason's become that rock. Kind of goes back up to what I was saying you know earlier. But you know when I first met Jason, there was a big change that was thrown on me. So I was doing some contract work for a local dive shop. Had my divers uh, down a Windover, and somebody got sent down by the shop and just said, "Hey, go down and meet up with Rob, and Rob will take care of you." And it happened to be Jason. And when Jason showed up, the shop had not given him the right amount of weights. Uh, his wetsuit wasn't working well. His buoyancy wasn't that great. He didn't have, you know, he wasn't set up correctly. And that really threw me off at first. It, I mean, because, I mean, I had, you know, I had my four divers, my six divers, whatever it was for an advanced class, had them set up. And by the way, I was, this was working for another shop. So it was a three days on a Saturday, two days on a Sunday kind of type thing. But it really threw me off in the beginning. But what I found is that when I made that opportunity or took the opportunity to not get wrapped up in the small things and make the experience enjoyable for Jason, a wonderful friendship grew out of that. And there's a lot of small things that can throw us off on a dive site. Now, big things like last night with weather, yeah, that's a big thing. But you know what? We're going to dive another day. You can't get frustrated with it. You can't get upset about it. Okay, things happen. If you let the small stuff get to you, you are going to hate diving. If a mask is constantly flooding and you can't resolve it, don't let that affect your dive. Figure out the workaround. Get a different mask. If you've got a beard, either or mustache, either shave it or put chapstick on it or whatever it happens to be. If your dive buddy is a few minutes late, if the water's a different temperature, if you get down to the shoreline and you need two more pounds of weight or your buddy needs four more pounds of weight, don't let that throw you off. Don't let the small things get to you. The less you care about the small stuff, the happier that you will be. And that transitions back over to life. Quit sweating the small stuff. The next one, be able to self-rescue because not everyone can and not everyone wants to rescue you. When you're out diving, you should be capable of doing self-rescue. This is one of the reasons I love teaching a basic rescue class because one, it teaches you the way I teach it. It teaches you how to self-rescue yourself. If you get caught up in fishing line, if you have to uh, remove your BCD or your wing, to fix a tank that's loose. Always be ready for self-rescue. Be ready to take care of yourself. Because your dive buddy may not be trained to do that. Your dive buddy may be trained and not competent to do that or confident to do that. And it's the same thing in life. Be willing to stand on your own. Now, that doesn't mean don't accept help from other people, but just be in a situation where you can help yourself. Have an emergency fund. You go down to Mexico, don't put all of your money in the wallet. You know, keep a little bit in the wallet so that way when you have to 
you know, if you get pulled over for some kind of bogus reason as you're riding a scooter or something, or if you're negotiating with a vendor, that they don't see everything that's in your wallet. Okay, so thinking about things like that, thinking about ways that you can preserve yourself. Throw your own candy bars into your bag so that when you're on a dive site, you don't get hangry, or if you're out traveling around. Learn how to change a tire. All of these things are self-rescue. Be willing to do that on your own. Again, not everybody can, and in many cases, people don't want to don't rescue you. They've been rescuing themselves. They've been rescuing other people. You may come up on the radar when they've just rescued five other people, and they're like, not going to do number six. So always be ready to self-rescue. The next one is be teachable. No matter how much experience that you have, no matter how many certificates you have, no matter how many patches on a jacket you have, how many classes you've taken, how long you've been diving, there's always either someone who knows more or there's someone who knows something different. So a good example of this, up on the dive site last night, have got to have a diver who just finished uh, doing an intro to tech course and they were doing a deco course. One thing I've always taught was pile stops. And I'm finding out from this other diver that the science and the philosophy or the theory of pile stops is actually changing so you no longer do deep stops. And I know a lot of people go back and forth on that. I'm still doing some research on it, but this was really good information to take in. And so it's something I'm learning about. So always be teachable. Guys, I've been teaching diving since 1998. Been diving since 1994. Been doing uh, a lot of free diving since my teens. I'm still willing to learn. And there's, there's information I'll take in, and at this point in life, I can take it and say, okay, that works, or hey, that doesn't work. I'm going to apply this. I'm not going to apply this. But it's always good to know. Be teachable. No matter how much experience you have, there's always someone who knows something different, or there's someone who knows something more. The last one, stay positive when you're in negative situations. Last night, when the rain came in, I had just finished setting up all of our little Klingons and our little dingleberries set them off in great sights. It was going to keep the dive shallow, 15 to 35 feet. After that, the visibility just was getting to crap, so I didn't take any lower. Plus, the temperature dropped quite a bit. Thermocline was sitting like right at 30. It was getting really chilly past 30. Pop up from the surface, rain is coming in like crazy. Man, it would have been so easy to get frustrated, to throw my gear down, go, man, I've been wanting to do this dive all year. This is one of the dives I really look forward to. It's one of our fun dives. Brooks have put balloons out there. You know, in the past, we've done things like, you know, we've had little alien sunglasses. I have even placed a special dingleberry out there where if someone finds it, they're going to get a free search and recovery class. All kinds of stuff, right? Set all this up, drove out there, been looking forward to it all day. Thunderstorm pops up. You got to stay positive. And what I told my divers out there is that it's much better to be sitting at home where you're warm and dry, wishing you were diving, than to be out in the middle of a storm in the water and, God forbid, something bad happens 
and wishing that you had stayed on shore, wishing you had stayed at home. So stay positive. I know we're going to get back out there. I know we're going to have a dive. You know, maybe this weekend I can take a couple of my divers out there to go you know, find you know, find dingleberries and clingons and that, and that kind of stuff. I know that other divers are going to come along and go, wow, hey, this is pretty, you know, because they didn't get to come out to the dive because of work or weather or whatever. And they're going to get a lot of joy. That dopamine experience is going to fire for them when they find something. So you got to stay positive in negative situations. And when you do that, you're a winner. Whether it's school, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships. One of the things I'm learning right now is that, you know, in my relationship, when we have an argument, that person still needs to feel like that they're wanted. That person still needs to feel like they are not going to be just cast out. That you're going to turn your back on them. And staying positive in that situation. One of the things I've learned in crucial conversations is you ask yourself, why would a reasonable person do that? Why would a reasonable person say that? And it's been a good basis for understanding arguments and disagreements. Why would a person do that? Why would someone who's reasonable do that or say that? There's always something behind it. So staying positive in the negative situations and you win. Positive mental attitude. When I was teaching survival, you know, you always hear about the rule of threes. You hear about, you know, you can only survive three days without water, three days or three weeks without food. Uh, you can only survive three weeks or three, I'm sorry, three months without human contact. But one of the ones that gets forgotten is that you can only survive three seconds without faith and hope. Because what happens is when you lose faith and hope and suddenly you decide you want to throw in the towel, it is a vicious cycle. It's a spiral. You start circling the drain at that moment. So when you start saying, I can't do this. In my military life, there was courses I went to that I would have to tell myself, I'm not going to quit today. I'm going to quit tomorrow. And I don't even know where I learned that at. It was somewhere when I was a kid. I think it was been Pop Warner football. Elmer Mayberry had come to us. And Elmer Mayberry ran probably one of the best youth football teams ever. I learned so much from that man. Highly impressionable when I was in the 7th and 8th grade is when I played under Coach Mayberry. And I think that was, if I remember right, I could be totally messed up. But I, if I remember right, that was one of his lessons was you're not going to quit today. You're going to quit tomorrow. And tomorrow, you're going to say the same thing. I'm not going to quit today. I'm going to quit tomorrow. And you keep putting it off. Keep putting it off. Keep putting it off. And as I went through military training, as I went through relationships, as I went through financial situations, as I dealt with my own demons and what helped me become a suicide survivor was that I wasn't going to give up today. I was going to get through today and I'd do it tomorrow. And then the next day I'd say, you know what? I'm going to quit tomorrow. And it just becomes more and more of a habit. And even now, when, when I go out and I've got something going on that I'm really trying to push myself physically, I'm trying to push myself mentally. I'm not going to quit today. I'm going to quit tomorrow. So if you stay positive in negative situations, you're going to be a winner. 
right, that's all I have for this podcast. Just wanted to get those out there. Again, I'm going to do a half-day workshop where we are going to work through each one of these, and we're going to leverage. What I'm going to do is we're going to incorporate our Clifton Strengths with it, and we're going to work through that workshop how to leverage our strengths to hit every single one of these areas. I'm going to recap them very quickly for you. 90% of your problems uh, can be resolved as long as you can breathe. So as long as you've got air, you're all right. Happiness is not about the gear or the places that you want to go. It's enjoying what you have. Don't randomly select a, a dive buddy. Pick somebody who ignites your passion and provides you energy. The next one. The less you care about the small stuff, the happier you're going to be. Be able to self-rescue. Not everybody can or wants to rescue you. Be teachable. No matter how much experience that you have, there's someone who knows more. And the last one, stay positive in negative situations and you're going to be a winner. That's all I've got for this episode. Make sure you check out the stuff I've got out on Instagram. Make sure you check out the stuff I'm putting on YouTube. And make sure that you check out the stuff that I'm throwing out on Facebook. Until then, as long as you've got air, you are all right.